Before we get started, I wanted to introduce this podcast series. I have one question for you. This series is an attempt to answer the questions that we receive frequently as youth workers. And it's a way for us to answer those questions in a thoughtful way by providing resources and using stories from our years of experience to help you all, as parents, find an answer to the questions that you are having. This series is an invitation for you to ask your own questions and seek out what works best for your own family while we share what we've seen work best among the common trends that we see in youth ministry. So, let's dive right in. Hi, Susan. Okay, here we go. Okay. We are episode one. I have one question for you. But I have many questions for you. Uh, okay. Okay, you ready? Yep. All right, so Ready. here's my question for you. When was the first time, this is not the question of, of the episode, but when was the first time you actually picked up a Bible? Do you remember that? Ooh, um, I don't. I don't remember the first time. I remember getting my my personal first Bible. Okay. Because that was a big that? deal in my church. It was first grade. First grade. Yes. Do you know what to do with it? Yes, because I also did a thing called Bible drill. And so it was very like <laughs> um, legalistic, I guess, of okay. how to think about your Bible, how to open your Bible. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Bible drill, but you literally stand, you, you go to competitions basically that's to that's... know scripture and you hold your Bible, oh, your man. sword. It was yeah. called your sword. <laughs> 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 you held your sword in front of you, and you... You're, you're, you're not serious, are you? I'm not even kidding you. Oh, I was in a okay. Bible drill. You had your sword. You, had your you would sword. hold it like this. Yeah, the sword of truth. The sword of truth, sword yeah. of the spirit. And they would say, like, Psalm 100. Okay. And you had to find it. You had to figure it out. So yeah. we went to class, and, like, in first grade, we got our first Bible, and we did that. Like, we looked at it. But sure. I don't... But that's, like, probably a memory of fifth grade you know like looking yeah. back i don't remember being like oh this is my first bible look at no i don't remember that was what do you feel like that was helpful at all like did you take anything from that bible or, drill yeah yeah i i do think about that sometimes because it was so helpful to memorize scripture that was part of it that was a big piece of it and because we had to learn the books of the bible from beginning to end and figure out where they were it was part of it was like some things would be obscure and you would have to f- the point was this is so random to explain because you don't know what it is you'd have to find it and then you step forward when you found it and so like you're racing a clock basically and okay. so if you didn't know where Ephesians is if you don't know anything about that you're going to be flipping forever where everyone else would be like oh Ephesians that's in the New Testament towards the beginning you know like it gave you a roadmap for what what is the Bible and where are things? Where do I want to find things? If I want to find something about Jesus, I'm not going to go to the Old Testament Why necessarily. Not? I yeah. know. Okay. Okay. Right. okay. Not. I didn't know covenant theology at that point. Yeah. Um, okay. So yes, it was helpful for that. It gave me a roadmap for the Bible. Okay. Um, I I did confirmation. Okay. Talk and, about that. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. It was <laughs> um, my parents. Uh, I grew up in PCUSA, and so both my parents were elders at some point. Um, and it was kind of almost like a formality that I went through confirmation in the sense of like, uh, here's what we believe as a church, um, and, you know, it's type of catechism class. And here's a little bit of church history, and then and here's a test, like a written test you had to take. Mm. 
I remember failing so hard on that test. I was a horrible test taker. Mm. I would reveal my ACT score to everybody, but I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> let, let's let's all just say I went to college. I graduated. <laughs> I I've got my master's since then, but my I'm not a good test taker. Let's just put it that way. So I failed that. Anyways, I was still like confirmed as a member. So it's like the class you have to take. For, it was like a membership class for, for sure. kids. And when you graduate, they give you a Bible. And I remember that was my first Bible. How old were you? I was in sixth grade. Okay, cool. Um, And I could not care less about that Bible. Mm. Um, I still have that Bible, though. Mm. And I'll get to that in a minute. But so my experience with something like that was not very good at all. Um, It was a formality. It's something you just did. It was like a, a rite of passage. But I really didn't get much out of it. I remember the classes were at like weird times. I was always tired. And yeah, all I remember is a dark room with somebody in a robe. That's uh, spooky. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, now that I'm thinking about this, this might have been worse than I thought. Uh, dark room, bookshelves, somebody in a robe. I think it was our pastor. I can't remember. And I was there with like two other kids. I remember one kid's name, not the other. And I, even though I failed, I still passed and got my Bible. We went to a very small church. So if I didn't become a member, uh, that would have been very detrimental to our membership oh, as an entire church. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely something they needed for us to do just because the, the mm-hmm. church required it. So that was my experience. And um, eventually I, it just kind of trailed off. But after that, when do you feel like you actually picked up your Bible and like started to read it? Hmm. That's a hard question. I feel like, and maybe we'll get into this more when we're talking about the the question at hand, but I feel like I read my Bible very legalistically, whatever that word is, um, for a while. I, I felt like it was something that that's just what you do. It's like you pick it up, you read it before you go to bed or in the morning, you pick it up, you read it. But as far as like understanding what I was doing, gosh, college, uh, 10 years ago, maybe. I mean, like to say I had like a love for the Bible, that would be new. I mean, like it took me a long time to fall in love with what I was reading because I did it because that's just what you do. But it wasn't it it wasn't based in anything of relationship or for anything yeah. other than to check it off my list of like, I brushed my teeth, I got in my bed, I read my Bible, it's time to go to bed. You know, yeah. like it wasn't, yeah. it didn't mean anything. So it was just a part of the, mm-hmm. the process. and It's just what you know. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I did not get that either. Um, I, <laughs> I do wonder how much of this is like boy versus girl, you know? Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> yeah. It, it could definitely be something like that. I mean, it's, but uh, if you look at my family, that's definitely not true. We, yeah. we were all kind of just like, woo, confirmation. <laughs> what? Put that in the back. When I first, I remember the day that I picked up my Bible, and for, mm-hmm. like legitimately, and started to read it. I was 17. It was August 1st. 2006. I just revealed my age, and that's okay. I'm I was about to say, I'm not going to tell you how old yeah. I was. Uh, <laughs> 2006. Um, it was about two in the morning, mm-hmm. and I had just come to the realization that I was a, a, a hateful, sinful person, and I needed a savior. 
And so I, I marked that day as like the day I became a Christian. Like I really completely understood uh, my sinfulness and that I needed a savior. And I knew that savior was Jesus. And so when I hit that moment, it was a dark moment, but also like a really joyful, it felt like rock bottom. But I remember like what I did in that moment, the only thing that I knew what to do, like, what do I do with this feeling? What do I do with like knowing this? And all I knew what to do was pick up scripture. And that had been like a year and a half in coming because I'd been going to a different church. Um, my, my parents' church was great um, in a lot of ways, um, but I had eventually uh, started going to another church with my best friend and they use scripture all the time. I mean, there was uh, the, the, the preacher there, uh, it was a mega church. I'm just going to name that. It was a big mega church. But what he did every sermon, he'd open up his Bible, said, all right, we're going to, it was very expository. He would just read it and then preach exactly out of the word. It was incredible to watch mm-hmm. the man like read God's word. And so I picked up that habit from him um, and just watching him. I had a Bible in my hand, but I didn't know what to do with it mm-hmm. until like that night when I hit that moment. I didn't know what to do. So I just picked up the Bible, the same Bible I got at confirmation, took the dust <laughs> off of it and opened it up at Genesis 1. And I was like, I don't know how else to read a book other than start at page one. <laughs> And I did that. And there was, uh, I wrote like an, an inscription. I still have this Bible. It's on my bookshelf and it's all taped up now. It's all mm. beat up. And it's this beautiful image of my faith that. journey. But as I was reading it, I had no idea what to do with the content. Hmm. It was yeah. incredible stuff. But I'm just like, I don't know what that means. Like I have so many mm-hmm. questions and nobody uh, helped guide me through this except for the, the man and me and all these thousands of other members at this church. Like, I can't go and ask this pastor. It's like, he's he's a celebrity at a mega church. I don't know if anybody's yeah. been there to a mega church, but like, that's what it feels like. Um, so I'm just reading scripture blindly, you know, knowing my sinfulness, knowing my need for Jesus and knowing that scripture is important. That's mm. all I had. And I was 17. So that's hard. <laughs> I have one question for you, Susan. Bring it on. How... Do you get teenagers, students, youth to read scripture? Mm -hmm. So I thought about this a little bit. And so I have like several ways that I wrote down to think about. Um, And I was making this list and I was like, oh, shoot, they're not in any order of importance. But then the last thing that I was like, this is what I wanted to say first. There's only one thing that I was like, if this is my child. Is that what you mean? Like, how do I get like my student? Sure, or sure. I'm thinking from a parent's perspective. I was thinking about it. One thing that's been really helpful for me in youth ministry is to have my own kids. That has really changed how I think about students and parents. And so that's the first step. Have children. <laughs> number one, have children. <laughs> Boom, done. Check. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about something that I think about because I have two boys and obviously this would probably be true for if you have boys and girls. But one thing that's always important to me is that my kids would love and enjoy each other as brothers. Like that that's a really sweet gift that the Lord has given to them. So since they were, since Luke was born, we've always prayed like, God, let them have this sweet bond. And it's been so cool to see that happen. And I'm, 
and I'm at the point now where Luke is old enough now that they actually are buddies. And I'm like, I'm seeing the fruits of my prayers of like, it isn't anything we've done. We can't, you can't force someone to be friends. And it's been really sweet to see that. And I was just like, I think one of the things we miss the most as people, as parents, as youth leaders, whoever, is how much power we have in our prayers. And like the, the thing that is right at our fingertips to ask the Lord, like give us a hunger and a thirst for the word. So that was the first thing I thought of. Like we forget how much power we have in our prayer life to ask for that. So that was the first thing. Cause honestly I have to ask that for myself because there aren't always times that I'm like, God, I want to be in your word. I have to pray and say like, help me long to be in your word. So I have to pray that for my own spiritual life. So even now, to be interested, I have to pray for that. I think to get them interested, I think we also have to teach them kind of what, kind of the difference between our stories of yeah. how do you, how do you open your, how are you in God's word? Like, what do you do with it? Yeah. I'm thinking about you being 17 and starting in Genesis, which was really cool, but it took a long time to get to the stuff that maybe you needed to hear. Yeah. And so like to teach someone how to be in God's word, but also to teach someone how to love God's word, which I feel like that's your story. And then my story, it's like, I knew how to be in God's word. I didn't know how to love it. Um, and tell me if this is not quite where you want me to yeah, go you, with this. You but take one, this where you need to. one thing that I was thinking of, and again, I was thinking about parents. Um, I think we're living in a time that's really hard to want to be in your Bible, to get a 12 year old or a 16 year old or whoever interested in let's sit down and read the Bible. One thing that we did this year in women's Bible study, we did spiritual disciplines. And one thing it talked about was engaging your imagination. And that has been really revolutionary for me in my own spiritual life, in my own quiet times. But it made me think of um, Kent, who is my husband, the way he came to Christ and the way he came to love the Bible was through C.S. Lewis. He didn't know anything about God. I mean, he knew a little bit. He didn't have a relationship with God. And he picked up C.S. Lewis as like a sixth or seventh grader and like loved to read and devoured the whole Chronicles of Narnia, like everything C.S. Lewis. And in all of that imagery and talking through that, like to think about I don't know how many of people listening have ever read all that, but the imagery that has to do with God, that actually took him to a place where he wanted to read scripture and wanted to understand, like, what is what is this kind of love? What is this kind of sacrifice? What are we talking about here? And so I think engaging his imagination helped him way more, especially thinking about different learning styles, thinking about different interests, engaging yeah. something like that was so helpful because it propelled him to seek it out kind of like I think both of us are saying we had a point in our life whether circumstantial or just out of mere interest it pushes you towards I want to find the out the answers to what I'm wrestling with and so I think engaging his imagination was really helpful but I think about that for students how do we engage their imagination like whether that's through a question like asking them like what do you think what do you think about when you die? If you want to use that one. Like, you know, what do you think happens to you when you die? Let's, what does God say about that? Like, what, what are the questions that keep you up at night? What are the things that make you anxious? Like, how do we engage our imagination and find the answers from the word of God? Like, he's telling us everything we need to know.
everybody has a different way of processing information. And what's I think is hard for hearing from like hearing these different stories and, and even my own is the way that you learned scripture, Susan, was a very legalistic way. Like mm-hmm. learn this uh, and just it and uh, use it whenever necessary. Um, however, you never really grasped the like the need for it. You're you were in some sense like I have this knowledge, but I don't know what to do with it, nor do I really have a desire to do anything with it other than just accomplishing the task of knowing it and reading right. it. Right. And then on the flip side, you know, between Kent and myself is like, I have this longing to know more, but we process information in a very different way. And we gained a love for scripture because we were first engaged with it in a way that we appreciate learning things. And that is what's hard sometimes about taking in or learning scripture is mm-hmm. it's sometimes being taught in only one way. Mm-hmm. And that way is only going to speak to a very small group of people. Totally. That's what I'm picking up from, totally. from what you're talking about is, you know, maybe um, it's hard for students or teenagers to take in scripture because it's not engaging for them. It's not attractive. It's not, it's not their learning style, if we're to put it in like an educational format. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think kind of going back to what we were saying, exa- exactly what you're saying, learning style, and I think never explaining that the word of God is meant to enjoy. I never understood that mm. piece. Like I, and again, this is more my story maybe than yours, but I thought that reading my Bible was for God. I didn't realize that reading my Bible was actually for me. And I think I thought, oh, God is pleased with me when I read my Bible. And that's why I do it. Cause I'm like, I never felt like it was an earning situation. It didn't feel like a points system situation of like, I need to read my Bible because God's yeah. going to be mad at me if I don't. But I had no idea that actually reading my Bible was for me. And, um, and so I think that is one thing is learning style and, and through that learning style, teaching someone that this whole thing is something to be loved and enjoyed as much as we love a TV show, as much as we love a book, as much as we love a friend. Like that's what this is for. It is not a textbook. It is not something from school. Like I think it gets this bad rap almost when you're growing up of like, Oh, I don't want to read my Bible. Um, Because we haven't developed this, like this is the most interesting thing you could ever read in your entire life. Yeah. We, we haven't developed that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something uh, from my own story that I pull out of, like how mm-hmm. it, it's helpful to navigate scripture with students. Is like I learned to pick up my Bible because I watched somebody read scripture who was what I believe to be a faithful, strong Christian, which was the guy preaching the word every single Sunday and Wednesday and Saturday night. Every time I was going to church, he was opening up scripture and preaching straight from it. And so I, I picked that up watching his habits and I try to make them my own. And, and, you know, I think that's a a beautiful image in some sense. There's definitely a lot missing there, but in some sense, like a a good form of discipleship, like learning um, from a person who has gone before you.
At first, I thought I would arrive at some sort of point where I'd be like, all right, I have consumed all of scripture. I'm now an expert and I'm in this elite status of understanding scripture. And then, you know, I went through um, college and studied the Bible um, and realized, man, I know nothing. Even after a whole year of reading, for some reason, I thought it'd be very quick. I'd read the Bible <laughs> like twice and I'm like, uh, I still don't understand much. I, I'm being revealed a lot of things, but still not grasping it. And then working in ministry for a few years. And then I get to seminary and being like, wow, uh, I know nothing. <laughs> and, and then hearing all the professors who are still like, they are quote unquote, the experts in these areas who are still studying, like mm-hmm. you are still finding joy in studying God's word. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, and I've gained just like this sense of like joy. Every time I open up scripture and study, every time we get to teach the students, mm-hmm. I get more out of prepping totally. the class than I, I'm sure the students are getting out of the lesson just because I'm spending more time in the word than I normally would. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing how much there is. And it really is. It's like, I don't need much more. Like I need people to help me through scripture, but like I'm entertained by scripture. I find joy in scripture. Um, I am challenged by scripture. It's like it, it encompasses so much. Um, but yet we're also noticing like, and in my story specifically, it's like students don't want to pick it up. And it might be because it is that intimidating. Who would want to pick up something that is so all-encompassing? Right. Um, even if they grasp that, uh, it's very re- rare to get a student who's like, "Yeah, I want to let's let's get all in this." Right. But the ones that do, you're just they just keep eating it up more and more. And so, and so my question is like, how do we get more and more students to 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 understand that, to see that, to to get to that point? Um, and in your your story, it's like you had to go the legalistic route and then eventually you're like, Oh, there, this is more than just a task. Mm -hmm. This is, there are good things. Um, this, Mm -hmm. this is where we get truth. Um, and it changes, it changes us when we read it. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. I just keep thinking of that scripture that talks about like the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates the spirit. It's like, it has the power to change you just by the words of what's the truth that's in it. And it's like, that's what I'm saying, even about prayer of like, we're so used to it in our lives of like, it's the Bible. It's the thing that sits on my bedside table. It's like, there's so much in here that actually has the power to change my heart, your heart. And it, to make it something that we want to dig into is so hard, but it's so powerful. Mm. And that's what's so it's such a weird tension of understanding what it can be used for and how to, how to make yourself yeah. work for it. Yeah. It's really yeah. sad sometimes. But. Yeah. I'm going to try to break down everything that we've kind of covered there's definitely more to this but one from both of our experiences is with with susan's experience particularly um she was forced not forced uh, really encouraged to read scripture and i actually think that is a really good thing uh, just in the sense of like we send uh 
our kids to school to learn and to grasp information that we may or may not use. Like, I don't remember calculus. I, I'm trying to think of a formula. And I literally remember no, none. But was that class useful? Absolutely. It helped me acquire um, a lot of gifts and abilities and um, problem-solving abilities to to take on into further parts of my life. Um, so there's some parts of schooling that are um, don't seem to be have an immediate impact or to feel useful, but one day it will be useful. It's like we we send our kids to get like this regular sense of knowledge that is going to be needed later on in life. Even when we don't want to get into scripture, to have parents and adults say to kids, like, you need to do this anyways, because this will do more for you than you think it will. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that true of you, Susan, is like, you know how to navigate scripture, probably because of your upbringing and your ability to open it up. I still fumble around um, and I'm just like, I don't know know where that is. You know, I still have to look at the table of contents. Uh, I can get to general areas, but I'm not an expert um, because I missed that whole development stage of my life of having to develop a roadmap of scripture. I'm still trying to grasp some of that. Another thing, you know, from Kent's story and a little bit of mine is, you know, know your learning style. Don't try to learn scripture like a general person learn scripture in the way that you learn things best. Mm -hmm. Um, That is absolutely vital to finding a passion for it is don't try to consume it in a way um, your friend consumes it. If you don't learn like they do, Um, God's word is not limited by one teaching style. Um, God's word is unlimited and can come to us in many different ways. And so let's utilize that. Let's teach in every single way. That's what we try to do on Sunday mornings. We always try to have three elements of teaching, which are, you know, auditory, um, visual, and tactile, you know, being able to touch God's word and put it into tangible ways because we know people learn differently. Uh, Another thing is having good discipleship, having somebody walk scripture with you, you know, either from the preacher up at the pulpit, more importantly, having a person sit with you and walk you through it. Somebody who has been studying it. And sometimes that is a parent. Sometimes it's not. And it's okay if you're a parent, you're like, I don't know what to do with this any more than my kid does. That's okay. And that's what the church is for. That's what, uh, you know, all these youth leaders are for. We're here to help navigate that. Uh, The pastors are here to help navigate. That's what the session is for, the elders. Um, These are people that have studied it. Um, And not that they've perfected it, um, but they have found a joy in learning and reading scripture. And they want to share that joy with other people. That's part of their calling. That's part of our calling as youth workers. It's like, we want to create this joy in, in God's word and truth. And it's, the tangible way that we can hold on to who God is one of those ways, but and we want to share that and make that known. Absolutely. Am, I, am I missing anything? Um, no. I, well, I'm sure there's more, but I, is there anything that you said that you feel like? The I didn't say this, but just wanted to throw this out there when you were saying learning styles. One thing that we do a lot on Sunday mornings and we've done it in our D group that has been so helpful for me. And I think for my girls is if you're not familiar with it, there's a thing called the Bible Project. I know John's familiar with it, but if our listeners are a little bit obsessed, the Bible Project, that has been one thing for me that has been so helpful as a teacher and so helpful to bring things to 
life. Um, the Vowel Project is something you can easily find on YouTube and you can search any topic. They go through every book of the Bible and give what, what do you think, like a five minute? Anywhere um, from five to 10 minutes. Five, 10 minute summary that. of the Bible, but they do it through like drawings. It's just check it out. It's worthwhile. But I think wetting the appetite of a student that the word of God is not boring. I think that's the thing I always feel like we're up against is that this is a boring book. This is a textbook. This is something that it's going to lull me to sleep. And so that has been something I think that's been really helpful as a teacher. And I'm like, you can watch them at home. I've thought, I've wondered how early I can let my kids watch them because I'm like, I literally watched two (laughs) before I came over here just because I was like, I got to eat my lunch really quick. And they were just up on my YouTube feed. I, like, oh, I haven't seen this one, so I clicked on it. <laughs> They're like, so good. Yeah. They're so good. They're so informative. When I was teaching the Minor Prophet Micah, it was so helpful for me because there are some books of the Bible that it's like, I got nothing. I don't know what they're about. I couldn't tell you. And to have like a five-minute overview is really helpful. And so just thinking through that of like, if you're trying to help your student get into the word like think about other things that are cool bible project or even john has had us listen to the bible before every phone can do that it's Mm -hmm. through i mean i do it sometimes through bible gateway you just hit the button and it reads the passage to you so like um we live in a time where it's actually pretty easy to be in god's word yeah it's just it's it's never been more accessible yeah Uh, and for any learning style like what we're saying yeah it's like if you like to watch things, it's fine. If you like to listen to things, it's fine. If you want to like pick up your Bible, there are so many different kinds of Bibles right now. If you like commentary, you've got everything at your fingertips. But yeah. I think no, I think you really summarized all that well. And I just I just keep going back to I as a parent, I want my kids to love what I love. Like especially when they're little, it's like if I talk about how much I love and value scripture, I think that means a lot to the people who live in my house and yeah um and so it's an a remember a a A reminder (laughs) a reminder for me to be in god's word and that these things that we've just said that are true for students are true for me too and it's like such a good reminder of like how am i loving and enjoying god's word myself and i think that's like a lot of things the more you can get in there first you have something to share you know you can't you can't give away what you don't have. That's like one of my favorite things that someone ever said to me. And they said that about studying the Bible. It's like, you cannot give away the truth yeah. of God's word if you are not in it yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, one thing to, to keep in mind, we have so much access to so many different types of content. That's also like a word of caution in the sense of totally. There are a lot of things that aren't truthful out there. And mm-hmm. so we have to be wise about how we navigate people Mm -hmm. in in different directions and that's why seminary is important it helps navigate like good things from bad things Mm -hmm. and the history of that within the church of what's being taught that's good and what's being taught that's bad and and that's why it does take good well-experienced elders in the church pastors Mm -hmm. um, leaders that have gone through training um, parents that have gone through it themselves it's really important like students need parameters we were just talking about this. Students need parameters. Otherwise, they're just going to wander wherever they want without any sort of guidance. And that's why I feel like grace is so prevalent in my life. It's mm-hmm. like, I just picked up the Bible, not knowing what to do, having nobody guide me through it. It's amazing I am so where cool. I am um, yeah. because I could have taken that in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. 
but the Lord was gracious and that's a, a longer story, but I just really want to encourage like, um, step one is make sure your student is reading the Bible. Um, and it's our goal right now in the student ministry. One of the, our big goals is um, we want to open up the word more um, because we do think this is, we feel like there's never enough of it. And we're like, we got to do this more. We got to do this more. We got to do this more. And so that's our goal as much as we want it to be your goal um, as parents. And so please help us, um, help us help you. And let's walk this together. Let's get your, your kid into scripture. Let's uh, let them know this is worth their time. And they may not know it now, but they will realize it one day. And so we're praying for that. This is just one of many questions that we'll ask in this series. And this has just kind of gotten us at the start of things. But I do want to announce that we are going to be releasing a new uh, content or curriculum. I don't know if we want to call it content or curriculum, but uh, we've been working on um, a devotional series for the summer. And it is uh, to help um, students uh, understand types of doctrine. Um, it's another big word and another hard thing to, to comprehend or want to be engaged in or to find interesting. Um, and to, as Susan says, whet their appetite in the sense of um, getting them a foretaste of what they can get by diving in deeper into the knowledge and, uh, and understanding of what scripture has for us. And so we're working on that. Hopefully that'll be released June 1st. Uh, awesome. Been trying to hit the grind pretty hard on that one, but uh, that's one exciting thing that we have for y'all that we hope is a good resource to jump into, but we hope y'all stay engaged with this series. It's going to be a fun one. Um, it's going to be a lot of the questions y'all have asked us and we're bringing them to light uh, so that we can just talk about it with resources and our own experience. All right. There we have it. That's it. That's it.